I think our relationships kind of evolved over time, but I feel like we have a good shorthand now. It's much easier for me to understand and interpret what he's going for, and he can use fewer words. <laughs> there were a lot of times where I had to go and ask somebody, oh, what, does, what does he mean by make it more interesting? And now I sort of have gone through enough rounds with enough graphics that I can take a stab at it. Welcome to the Opening Credits Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on the people behind the scenes of your favourite films and TV shows. In this podcast, we'll meet the people behind the design, who create for both fake worlds and the real world. We'll chat to film professionals about their experiences in the industry, their unique contribution to movie making, and how they apply their craft beyond the world of entertainment. Go behind the scenes of your favourite films and TV shows like never before, and meet the people who until now have been hidden in the credits. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Opening Credits Podcast. My name is Stephen Nutley, thanks for joining me. We had a really great response to last week's episode with Sophie Powell on the beauty of bad design in fighting with my family. So be sure to have a listen to that one if you haven't already. And as ever, be sure to follow our Instagram page at Opening Credits, which acts as a companion to this podcast. Each week we share the design work of the film pros we have on the show, which we talk about with them during each episode, so get involved. Also, while you're there, if you have any burning questions you'd like to ask a film creative, or if you have any feedback about the show in general, please do slide into our DMs, or just send a good old-fashioned email to hello at openingcredits.net. Now... At the end of last week's episode, you might have remembered me getting excited about this week's guest, and for good reason. My guest on this episode is Erica Dawn, who is none other than the graphic designer for director Wes Anderson. See? I told you. Erica talks about adapting from life in a design agency to the chaotic world of movie making, and how her working relationship with Wes Anderson has developed over their projects together, including Isle of Dogs and The French Dispatch. Erica also tells me how she's able to bring the unique skills she's gained from creating imaginary worlds for movies into her branding work for the real world, and offers her advice to other designers who may be thinking about making a move into a new industry. So ladies and gentlemen, Erica Dawn. Erica, hi. Hi, Steve. Thanks so much for coming on to have a chat about your work. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Now, we just heard a little bit about what you do, but how would you describe what your job is? It kind of depends when you ask me, really. Um, but generally, I would say that I am a graphic designer, um, mostly for film. Um, and sometimes I work on branding projects when I'm not working on a, on a film or a TV production. For anyone who hasn't heard previous episodes of the podcast with other graphic designers of film and TV, would you mind telling us a little bit about that role? Uh, I would say the bulk of our work is for set decorators and set designers. So there's a lot of signage, always what we call dressing. Uh, sometimes it involves wallpaper, um, in carpet patterns, more like a 
the lettering, the typography, and the other half of that is for action props. So we work with the prop master and we, we make newspapers and you know anything that's handled by the actors that have text on it. Could be books, could be passports, could be you know products, drinks, labels, cigarettes. And sometimes it's copying real existing period brands and sometimes uh, it's inventing our own. Uh, we can be designing a real range of stuff in one day. Be doing livery for a freight train <laughs> and then in the same day go into designing a, a box of cereal and then switch over to doing a mural on the side of a building i mean it's it's really a wide range and that keeps it interesting yeah but am i right in saying your background isn't in the film industry yeah i started off in branding um so my background is in illustration yeah um slash graphic design um and then sort of the first three or four years of uh, my career, I guess. I was in a creative agency mm -hmm. um, doing a little bit of branding and a little bit of illustration. Um, and then I, I left that agency to be on my own. But it was soon after I left that I, uh, I got a call from the producer on I Love Dogs to see if I wanted to work um, as a graphic designer on... I love dogs um, because they needed somebody who could who could uh, work in Japanese. Wow. Okay. So straight from designing for an agency to working on I love dogs—that's quite a change. I mean, it was very a very specific skill set they were looking for. Um, I always used to say that I was in the right place at the right time, and I was really lucky and so on. But I think, so looking back, I was. I was ready to kind of give myself to something. And it was a big project. It was like a two-year commitment and I had just gone freelance. Um, but it was, it, yeah, it was really exciting for me. Yeah, but quite daunting as well, I'd imagine, moving across into a new industry. Had you thought about working on films before that point? No, I hadn't. Until that point, I not at all. I didn't even really know that it was a possibility. But, you know, as soon as I started, I realized that a lot of the skills are transferable. So the things I already knew how to do, I just kind of had to apply them to different contexts. Of course, there were things I did have to learn, you know, how to, how to build a script breakdown or how to break down a script, really. Um, how to manage the workload, which is a very different kind of, speed and workflow to working on branding projects everything happens a lot faster like really really fast you know I was used to having three weeks to design a logo <laughs> and now you're doing you know 20 in one week so that sort of thing was a a real learning experience yeah so did you find your experience designing brands as part of an agency was an advantage for you in terms of transferable skills you could use when creating designs for the film yes I think so but th there's also a lot of things I had to unlearn and I had to embrace that sort of chaotic side of things as well you know not not everything is like in a grid I went back into hand drawing a lot of things which I hadn't done in a long time and and hand making things which is something you quickly forget and so 
back on Isle of Dogs, it was it was really fun to be able to rediscover that in a way now. So, so other than the more hands-on approach, what have you found to be the biggest difference between designing branding for real businesses and designing an imaginary world for a film? It's one of those things where when you are creating a brand, you're creating one clean system. All it has to do is work within its own world. But with film, when you're building up something like a city, you're creating something that would have been built organically over time by lots and lots of different designers and hands and sign makers and poster artists. So it's just, it's a lot more chaotic. Yeah. Um, It's just like a different system that that you have to build. Yeah. So how was your experience working on Isle of Dogs? I imagine it might have been a lot to deal with for several reasons. Not only was it your first job working on a film, but a Wes Anderson film, no less, and an animation which must come with its own set of challenges. There were a lot of sets and they were very, very dense. And because everything is miniature, everything is a model, um, there are a lot of things that we ended up having to make. A bookshelf full of books, for instance, that added a lot to to our workload. And then you have the problem of there's about 25 different stages or booths with animators and, and, and puppets and them all going at once. And they're all at different stages. So you kind of have to keep track of everything. And the organization of that was a little bit mind-blowing. Yeah, quite a lot of extra things to consider on top of everything else. So, yeah, I think the stress level was a little bit lower uh, compared to a live-action film, but I, I didn't know that at the time. So it felt like a lot. Uh, and then when I did the French Dispatch, it was like all of that, but condensed into a quarter of the time. Okay. So the French Dispatch, which was the second Wes Anderson film you worked on after Isle of Dogs, was actually harder. The second one was really hard. Like it's it's difficult for me to kind of relive that because it, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, it was magical at the same time. You know, I wasn't sort of just crying in the corner the whole time. It was, it was amazing to be able to step into those sets. It just felt like stepping into the movie and to watch them being built from scratch. You know, they, they really kind of come to life. And then if you're lucky, you get to see a little bit of the, the shooting going on as well. But I do relish those moments when, when it does happen because it kind of reminds you of what you're doing and gives you a little bit of spark. Mm. Helps put it all in context. Yeah. You mentioned sets on the French Dispatch. And I remember there being so many, given how quickly that film jumps around. Was there one you particularly enjoyed working on? I mean, the entire Sans Blague Café, that was fun. The café where the students hang out. Um, And it's all yellow inside, bright yellow and black and checkered interiors. And we designed a whole bunch of posters for that and all the the cups, the cutlery. We had sort of pretentious paperback novels for every single student (laughs) to put in their back pocket. Um, There was a really cool pinball machine for that space as well. An actual functioning pinball machine that we completely stripped back and redressed, put our own graphics on. And you could actually play it. So yeah, that, that was a fun set. 
It sounds like lots of the really small details were very specifically designed. Is that right? I feel like everything was specifically designed in the French Dispatch. It wasn't the case for the following film that we did after that. We started looking at actual period brands a little bit more. But on the French Dispatch, it really was just even the hot sauce was invented. Yeah. And based on real references, obviously, but invented brand names. Mm. It sounds quite typical of Wes Anderson in terms of paying more attention to graphic props than most directors typically do. And you've now done two films with Wes Anderson as his graphic designer. How have you found working with him? I think our relationships kind of evolved over time, but I feel like we have a good shorthand now where I it's, it's much easier for me to understand and interpret what he's going for and he can use fewer words (laughs) yeah there there were a lot of times where I had to go and ask somebody oh what does what does he mean by make it more interesting (laughs) and now I sort of I I've gone through enough rounds with enough graphics that I, I can I can take a stab at it without getting flustered but yeah he he pushes us in the amount of detail, in the precision, but it, it is rewarding in the end to have gone through that rigorous process and have something approved and have it go into the film. So, yeah, tough but rewarding. So. Mm. <laughs> it's worth it in the end. Now, you mentioned briefly earlier that you've worked on an upcoming Wes Anderson film, and I reckon I can probably guess what you're going to say, but can you tell us any more about that one? Uh, I am finishing up a project with Wes, yeah. I'm going on to another film uh, with a different director, but with the same production designer. Yeah, it's new territory for me, but I'm excited about it. I can't say much more about it, I'm afraid. Nah, I knew it. Okay, fair enough. So that would be your sixth film credit since moving across to the movie industry from the agency world. Have you had any chance in that time to do any branding work in between those film projects? Yes, in the lockdown. Okay. I was about to go on to work on Indiana Jones about a week before the first lockdown. And that sort of went into hiatus for a completely different reason. But it was the same moment that the first lockdown happened in every production that I know of went on hiatus or shut down or was indefinitely postponed at that point. It was kind of a, it, it was a big deal for, for a lot of us. Um, and I hadn't started yet, so I couldn't be furloughed. But luckily, um, I found three amazing clients that needed, you know, that needed brands. Um, one of them was a brand refresh and two of them were completely new brands. It, it was a kind of a rediscovery of of branding work for me. Um, I I was able to approach it a little bit more differently than than I had before when I was in a creative agency. I had a little bit more, well, I had a lot more autonomy. I had clients that had, you know, come to me with a understanding of my work, and uh, and I also had this new way of looking at lettering that wasn't just about picking fonts and I was 
in a place where I could be a lot more playful about letter forms. And I actually had a, a really good year. It was a lot less um, work. It was nice to slow down a little bit. And it was nice to have that autonomy and sort of regain confidence and realize that I could, until that point, I had kind of thought that I had left the world of branding and gone into film and that I wasn't going back. And then, you know, after that period, I sort of realized that I, could, I had both both things and I could do both things. Um, and the, the two things could feed off each other in, in really interesting ways. I think it's, it's yeah, now I try to, to fit a little bit more branding work in between film projects. Great, yeah. And you're one of many designers from the film industry who do just that and use their experience designing for films to offer something unique for businesses. What would you say are the most unique skills that designers gain from having worked in the film and TV industry? And are there any particular skills that you think you've developed yourself? I've gotten really good at doing (laughs) (laughs) mock-ups. Ultimately, we're all just storytellers. So whether we're telling the story of a brand or telling the story in a movie, it kind of comes down to the same thing. Yeah. I think we're all quite good archivists as well, you know, because research is so important. We're quite good at going deep into a certain time period or or into the background of a historical um, moment in graphic design. Not to say that you don't learn that when you're in the real world of branding, but I think it's really something that we practice a lot. And so, you know, then whatever we create comes from something very solidly rooted in the research. And I think that adds, you know, depth and interest to a brand when it really comes from somewhere. We are particularly well-versed in that. Yeah. And having had experience doing both, do you think you'll ever fully commit to one or the other, or would you like to keep working between the two? Um, you know, it's 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 nice to keep it interesting by going back and forth. Um, I find film work really invigorating, but also exhausting, and it's very intense. Whereas with the branding, I can often work from home um, and and work fewer hours. You know, have a little bit more time to myself. But I, I think, it, yeah, for me, it's important to, to switch back and forth between the two. Yeah, find a nice balance. Yeah, exactly. Finally, Erica, you're a designer who has worked across different disciplines and moved to a different industry, having worked your entire career up until that point in a design agency. I wanted to ask you whether you have any advice for anyone listening to this who might be in the same position of wanting to move into a new industry or try something new? I always feel like uh, saying to people, especially younger people when I do talks and things, that your career doesn't have to be linear from point A to point B. You can change along the way. And it, it can be hard sometimes to leave your comfort zone or you know you feel like you're taking a step backwards if you have to learn something new and then you're in amongst people who are maybe younger than you or who started younger than you for me it's the same it's like people my age who have been doing graphic design for film have 20 
30 projects on their IMDb and I have like four. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're not going to get exactly where you're supposed to get to. All of the detours that you take along the way are going to give you something that you take with you that sort of helps to define your unique style or unique journey. So I think it's nice to be able to do different things. You know, it's definitely an asset. I, I feel like it's an asset having done one thing and then the other. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Erica, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Best of luck with your current and upcoming Wes Anderson projects. Thank you. We'd love to have you back sometime in the future to maybe have a chat about those too. Yeah, I look forward to hearing all the episodes. Yeah, thank you. Speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to Erica and thanks to you for listening. Head over to our Instagram at opening credits to see some examples of Erica's work on Isle of Dogs and the French Dispatch, as well as her very special rework of the opening credits logo, which she made especially for this episode. So thanks again to Erica for making that for us. If you've enjoyed this or any other episodes of the podcast, please do leave us a rating and slash or a review to help us reach the ears of even more film fans. And why not join our mailing list to receive bonus content and special features from across the opening credits platform straight into your inbox. Calling all film pros, be part of our new creative community and join the opening credits network Facebook group. Hit the link in the show notes to find out more or check out openingcredits.net. As ever, thanks for tuning in. See you next time.